ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall and is going to have a 30 minute time limit. We are here. It is WrestleMania. We are down to the wire. WrestleMania start night one starts any minute now. I've got two newbies with me, but they are two very good friends. I've got a buddy from work, Mr. Neil, the mustached, magnificent middleman, Middleton. Jeez. I lost it there. I had something it, in my head and I completely lost it. So I apologize, Neil. Did it. It's intro. fine. You're like freaking Titus tripping, running to the ring on that one, buddy. You, you think of another in, you think of another name and, and we'll just move on. Uh, and then I've got my buddy Tom. His last name is legitimately Young John. Young John. What's going on, people? We literally, I will refer to as Young John this entire episode, but I promise you his name is actually Tom. It's, yeah, it's, it's a confusing thing. <laughs> These guys are, uh, uh, Young John and I have hit a couple manias together. We had uh, quite the episode at WrestleMania 33 down in Orlando, which I think is going to have to be saved for another bo- podcast simply called The Bill House Saga, and we'll need to have our buddy Bill House on the podcast for that one. But tonight, today, specifically in this episode, we are going to be focusing on WrestleMania night one at Raymond James stadium. The card has been released. Some of the order has actually been determined already. So we're going to, we're going to just get right into it. I'm going to ring this bell and we are going to start chatting it up. So boys, uh, I, I know you guys told me that you're really, some you're not quite up to date on a lot of the things, but starting off, much like last, uh, not last year, uh, MetLife, when Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar fought for the Universal title right out the gate, tonight we have Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley fighting right away for the WWE title. Now, Bobby Lashley, MVP, the Hurt Business was just, just doing great with Cedric and Shelton. And then out of nowhere, they killed the Hurt Business last uh, two weeks ago, broke them up completely. I've got a note in here that Shelton and Cedric are banned from ringside, but at this point, I don't know who they're banned from. Still should be a hard-hitting match. Bobby Lashley still also technically has a open challenge that anybody who can take out Drew McIntyre will get a championship match, which plays into a theory that I saw online that I hate, but I will tell you guys about it in a second. Uh, how about first, Neil, your thoughts on McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE championship? My gut goes to like a redemption match so that drew gets his 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 pop in front of fans you know like what would have last year been like if it was a stadium full of people you know if right the rona hadn't just swept the nation you know um that said lash has been a workhorse in the industry for fuck, count the years so like he's finally getting his due and he's been putting on some proper work. He's been putting on some proper matches. Well, and that's what I hated about the Miz dropping the title to him in that fashion. I love the whole shitty heel angle. There was an angle where the Miz, obviously the Miz only won the title because Lashley took out McIntyre after Elimination Chamber. Miz had the title and he was playing this perfect chicken shit heel, avoiding the matches the entire night until it came down to a lumberjack match, which I really didn't understand because like nothing at the end said that Bobby Lashley was a good guy. So like the way people were helping him out and stuff, I thought you could have played this out to where you could have had Drew, Bobby and Miz in a triple threat match for the title. And I think the whole bad bunny thing doesn't help out that situation, but like really you could have had the three of them in a good triple threat and then either Drew or Bobby could then take the title, but then you still got that crowd pop for it. And I think it could have been a better title pop for Bobby to have taken it. Uh, Young John, what do you think, man? 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think the the whole thing kind of stinks in the in the regard of the Rona for last year for Drew. I mean, him versus Brock was going to be huge. I think uh, that was going to be a crowd favorite. And this year, it's kind of just been undersold. I mean, Bobby and Drew, uh, I mean, both been in the year the industry for years. Both went through their triumphs and tribulations. I. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the underdog card, but I, I'm not feeling it this year. I mean, if this one was just scratched and moved to SmackDown, I wouldn't be that upset. I just feel like this is a raw championship, too. And it is just – I feel like they just dropped the ball. Um, if I had to pick one, I think Drew's winning it to try to get his pop. I'm with Neil. Okay, so here's – now here – I'm glad you mentioned last year and last year's challenger. Here's something, and here's what I saw online, which I, I don't like just because of the concept of this guy. But – uh, somebody somebody mentioned, what if the story here is that Drew's making his way down to ringside and gets taken out by the beast himself, Brock Lesnar, and then Brock ends up essentially cashing in immediately. So now this card gets a surprise right out the gate. WrestleMania in front of a crowd, first big surprise of the night. We're finally getting Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley one-on-one with zero buildup. I, I I love it. I'm shaking my head. I'm sorry. I'm gonna voice it. I think they would have sold Brock being there. I think I don't I don't think that he's too big of a pop to pull that. Now Miz cashing in the fact that he never had a redemption match against Lashley and getting added in. If Bad Bunny wasn't involved and that whole deal, I could have saw that. But right now, I feel like they're just letting this one fly. They're just hoping to cash this one in quick and be done with it. So Drew gets his quick pop. All right, Neil. You know, part of me wants that to happen. Because the one thing that I've been missing from Mania's uh, past couple years are like those really like those Mania moments, you know, those are the ones that they keep touting every week. It's like there's nothing. Like, yeah, there's these hype moments and pop uh, moments where I pop and get really excited, you know, but nothing that sticks with me and goes, wow, I really remember that match. Really? I outside of like the Drew Brock match and maybe a couple other beats last year, the fact that it was the first year that they're doing two nights that I can remember, like nothing, I didn't really take away anything. So, I mean, last year's, last year's a complete anomaly, but like from being at a couple of them, there are times where like, yeah, my time hop basically reminded me of four, four or five, what I thought were going to be WrestleMania moments and really never became anything, but it was still nice to see via time hop. It just never really turned into anything. Speaking of things that probably won't turn into anything, let's just touch base on the women's tag team championships. There's a number one contenders tag team turmoil match, AKA a gauntlet match with tag teams. You've got Carmella and Billy Kay, who literally just became a tag team. And if you're not paying attention, Billy Kay, once again, the best thing going in the women's division, who isn't in the main title picture, uh, Lana and Naomi, Namina, uh, Tamina and Natalia, the riot squad, Liv Morgan and Ruby riot and Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, the winner of the tag team turmoil match moves on to tomorrow night where they fight Shayna and Nia in a tag team title match. My hope in all of this is just that the tag team titles get put on an actual team and outside, I mean, two of them are technically actual teams, but at least like they've all been working together to a degree and have some kind of cohesiveness. I just, I'm sick of seeing Nia and Shayna. I'm sick of Shayna being pigeonholed into the tag team titles. I want her to just be the beat she was in NXT and start mowing through people. Uh, in terms of this match, I really couldn't care less. Billy Ray, Billy Kay has the best resume, so I just want Billy Kay. You guys have anything to? The feeling that I have is that they've they've not done right by the women's tag division. Like oh. really, everything just seems 
really slapdash. Everything doesn't, there's no real story. There's no real cohesive um, like tags and just uh, matches for that matter. And really my hope would be that from this, like treat this as ground zero. Like this is the beginning. This is the foundation. Give this like a good, good moment, a good beat. And then you actually start building this tag division for these these wrestlers because they put on some phenomenal matches and singles competition. And if you can give a good story and a good connection for a team, you could really have some barn birdie kind of matches. Young John. Uh, well, I'm sitting here looking at the card. You see Naomi and Lana. They're, you know, not old. Mandy Rose, Dana Brooks, not old. Riot Squad, not old. Carmella, Billy, they're new. And then you see Natalia and Tamina. This is an easy way to get them their WrestleMania moment of winning a match and then getting stopped tomorrow. It gives them two nights participating in the longest mania ever. I think they're going to just take it, and I think it's an easy way to kind of give them some credibility uh, in, in WWE and kind of give them their moment. Because I don't, re- I couldn't recall an Italian moment in a WrestleMania, and she's been there forever. She's a workhorse. She deserves something. And I could see her either doing it both. The closest thing for that would really have been – Right after Jim passed, uh, thirty-five, I think, yeah, or thirty-four, okay. when she when when she came out with Beth, and they teamed together, and they both had the jackets on like that. Even though they right. didn't even win, I don't even think they won that match. But like, I mean, yeah, in terms of a moment for her, that was probably the biggest. I agree. I mean, I I, I think Tamina and Talia would be not, again. They are basically the same thing as Shayna and Nia, but they're an actual yep, tag yep. team, and it frees up Shayna Baszler. So I could see yeah. it. I, I could like that as well. Like I said, I'm I I have been preaching on this podcast for a while about how much the women's division's been lacking, or the the tag team division for the women have been lacking. You guys talked about wanting a fresh start. I think the fresh start would be combining Billy Kay and Peyton Royce again, bring back the iconics, but they're clearly not going to because they made too much of a deal about splitting them for no fucking reason. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna step off my soapbox now because I could spend the next 25 minutes just bitching about the iconics getting split up, and there's just no there's just not enough time. I'd be right there with you, step by step, mate. I mean, let's just keep going down the trend of things that really aren't gonna be cared about. Shane versus Braun in a steel cage. Uh, Shane, uh, lately, sorry. Shane, Shane's been playing up this angle that Braun is just stupid. So all of the gimmicks, like he got like somehow Shane tricked him into getting slimed like this was the kids choice awards on nickelodeon i like the other day braun's been chasing him braun's also got this new shit now where like and i don't know if they're gonna do it when a crowd's actually there but they're actually playing a train noise when he does the run around the ring shoulder block thing like he throws his hands up and they actually go like and steam and all that i don't all this nonsense pops up i'm just like i don't know what's happening with this and someone brought up a good point now he technically has a winning record uh, I'm talking about Shane at Mania, but it's like three and two and the three wins. One was against X-Pac back in his younger days. One was against his father. And the other one was when he tagged with Daniel Bryan, when Daniel Bryan came back. So obviously the three wins make sense, but in other situations, you've had Shane who definitely is not a wrestler. He's definitely not like the pedigree where he came from like this wrestling lineage. He came from a corporate wrestling, line- corporate wrestling lineage but you've got him always fighting these guys and it's always like built up. Like it's a really big deal when these guys beat Shane at mania, but is it, I mean, it's, it's a guy who is not a wrestler. He just, he has a couple boxing steps and he can pretend to tweak a knee when he's, when he's MMAing in the ring. I, I don't know, but it's a steel cage. So, you know, there's going to be a couple spots open to the floor right now, boys. 
I'm going to say letdown. Uh, it, it's Shane in a steel cage. He fought Undertaker in hell in a cell. Like, this just seems like, I don't know. I feel like this was kind of like, how do we get Braun a match? Oh, let's throw him Shane. because, And we'll call Braun stupid. Like, this one was undersold and undermanaged. And I think it was a little bit held over. And I think Shane might have legitimately tweaked himself. And that's why this has been lagged out. And they're like, how do we increase this? Steel cake. Let's do it. Um, and I feel like it, it, it. this one could literally be, it could be nothing, but we could see a high-flying chain maneuver off a steel cage. I mean, those are always moments. Remember when he jumped off the or fell off the cage yep. of the Undertaker? Moment. Like, uh, I want to say there was another moment with Shane. I, I'm trying to. Coast. I mean, coast. To, he does a he does a coast to coast. He does a coast to coast almost every match. So wasn't that against his dad? He went coast to coast against his dad at Mania the one time. I mean. Against his dad, against AJ, like crazy against maneuvers. Taker, so, I think against Miz. Yeah, I, I, I see this one as a, how do we just, how do we get some easy pop? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it definitely seems that way. Neil, anything? Uh, I'm going to have to agree with quite a bit of that. Like, one of the, one thing is, I feel like Steel Cage is their go-to crutch to give some sort of quote-unquote credibility to a match, to give it some sort of stakes, especially in a situation like this where it just seems so carelessly slapped together um i you see him grasping at straws to kind of give this legs to see where it's going to go but really you're putting the steel cage match to give shane his moments of coast coast jumping off something doing what he's known for should he be doing it probably not but he's going to do it anyway and i think braun's going to take it and if they do that train noise so help me god i'm throwing something at the tv can we, can we place a bet on the train noise? Well, okay. So, I, one, I didn't see if that was on the pick'em sheet that we're doing, Young John. So, I got to double check the pick'em sheet to see if the train noise is on there. But I'm technically, on that. technically, can it happen though? Because it's a steel cage. So, if Braun's on the outside of the ring, he's either won or he's he's really pissed about a loss. Now, it could happen before they even get into the cage. It could happen before they get into the cage. You you have a good point there. Now, the only thing I'm going to say for this one is I see one situation in which Shane wins, and it is very reminiscent of. And it's a throwback here. St. Valentine's Day Massacre. I don't remember oh, the yeah. year, but it was Big Show slash Paul White at the time versus Stone Cold. And Stone Cold won the match because Big Show put him through the cage and he fell on the floor. I remember that. So that's the way I think Shane could technically win. And then he has a little bit more of a storyline to say that Braun is so stupid. He lost a match by being too strong. Can I can I get one more comment in on this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say... I'd say, like, if you reminisce or if you've ever had a chance to play the WWE video games, throwing the steel cage gets you an extra half a star or star, and I think this was their play. And I feel like it, the whole you're stupid thing, it's not PC nowadays. This isn't going to fly. Like, come on, try harder next time. <laughs> All right, so uh, next up, we'll talk about, let's hit uh, The Miz and John Morrison versus Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. I mean, basically everything, you're, you're seeing everything on the table here. It's the celebrity match. Miz and Morrison have been pissing off Bad Bunny. He's been getting a lot of good credit behind the scenes as being a good guy who's actually appreciating the business, which is nice to see. I, I think this just is really a way for Damian Priest to get over. Bad Bunny does a top rope spot, and we, we send it home from there. I don't think Miz and Morrison yep. take this, yep. and then we're, we're moving on to the next. Nothing more than that. It's a couple high spots. Yeah, highlight Bad Bunny, who surprisingly got some moves in the ring, and who better to take the fall for this match than two guys that can easily bounce back because 
Miz has got the mouth on him. Morrison can still move in the ring. It's like that's not going to hurt anything on their end. So yeah, I agree. This is a this is very reminiscent of uh, Cody Rhodes, um, oh, Stephen Amell, Stephen Amell. Yep. Uh, very reminiscent of Kevin Federline, John Cena. Uh, where the celebrity gets like those quick or Snoop Dogg the other day when he jumped off the top rope. <laughs> but it's going to be very much a step down from the greatest celebrity match we've seen so far. Pat McAfee, Adam Cole. That yeah, I mean, Cole. well, McAfee Cole is a different conversation. That that, that, was, a, yeah. that was a proper match. That, 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 was, that was a that, and then he and then he came back to do war games. So good on him. Uh, the that final match that I want to touch base on because there's two matches that I really want to talk about, but the last one that really, again, I don't know how much stakes it has. Raw tag team almost. titles, AJ Styles and uh, Amos Omos, uh, Omos. I mean, they they don't know how to pronounce his name, and everybody says it differently. Osmos, right? Uh, I think it's Amos. I think they're going with Amos. It is Amos, yeah, Amos. But nobody actually, again, every time somebody pronounces it, it's different. Uh, but the two of them are taking on the New Day. I think, I mean, it's probably just a way to give AJ Styles the tag titles because he's never had it. Uh, there's been some concern about Amasa's work in the ring, and I guess we'll see what happens when we see it. I mean, I think he's just supposed to be a giant Gonzalez, and he's he doesn't have to look good if he looks powerful, which both Kofi and Woods will, will allow him to do. I don't want to say they're going to get it because I think that then just leads to the New Day being the 12-time champions if they're with the 11-time now, whatever the case may be. So it's just kind of one of those situations where it's much like Cena, where like suddenly Cena just kept winning the belt every like three months, and now suddenly he's up to 16 titles. So yeah, yeah. I, I they, they will probably take it because AJ just gets to add that to his lineage. But I, I, again, I, I would love to care about this match more. Frankly, when they played like the newlywed game or had game night on Raw the other day, I got more enjoyment out of that than I think I will this match in, in total. Young John? Yeah. Weighing in, or sorry, uh, build that seven foot three inches the great Omos. <laughs> it's very great, Ali. Uh, I'm excited. If the guy can move, he's only 26, signed in 2018. Like, if he can learn a move or two, maybe AJ, he can jump on AJ's shoulders and jump off, and he can do a sweet kick or, you know, Styles Clash or something awesome. Like, I could see him building it decent, but, I mean, I just think he's a tall, lanky wrestler. He's not going to be fast. He's new. He's green. Uh, I'm hoping for the best. I mean, unfortunately, the tall the – the, the best teacher for him just went to AEW too, because you lost Paul White. Taker's obviously not around as much. Kane's governing Knox, Tennessee. So like, he's not around either. You just don't have a big guy to really teach him uh, as much as he made, like, you know, cause there's some subtleties that you don't have to be able to move that well in some situations to still be a big man. Neil, what do you think? Uh, I think it, it goes to AJ, AJ for sure. I say AJ because the reason why they put the belts on him is so that he can continue some sort of screen time and carrying raw for this matter. Cause yeah, it's not, it's this for a different episode, but raw in my humble opinion has been no longer the flagship, but no, I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't disagree between what Roman's been able to, I mean, just Roman alone. I don't even need edge and Daniel Bryan doing what they've been doing Roman yep. and Biggie's intercontinental title run, which unfortunately we'll have to talk about tomorrow, but both of those might are, are definitely pulling, uh, pulling the, the flagship show over to, Raw. Now, speaking of SmackDown, another one, and this one, I think, probably is going to be match of the night for me. It's 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 not even sneaky, like under the radar kind of match of the night. Cesaro, the Swissman, my man, uh, against Seth freaking Rollins. I I have been pulling for Cesaro to get some wins. I was hoping he was going to have a Kofi Mania style run uh, around Elimination Chamber. Didn't happen, but at least he's finally getting a proper one-on-one match with a guy who's a good friend of his and anything that wrestling's ever told me is that when you get two good friends outside of the ring, 
in the ring for a match, it's going to be something special. Cesaro is a physical beast and Rollins is so agile and so good at making somebody else look good. And when you don't have to, like Cesaro's good on his own. You don't need somebody extra to make him look good. But when you've got that guy, this could be just a knockdown, drag out, amazing match. And I would love, I just, I'm always going to pull for the Swissman. So uh, I'm going to say the Swissman wins. I don't care how. I'd love to see a spot similar to WrestleMania 31 uh, when Seth went for the stomp and Randy launched him into the RKO. Uh, it was, that was incredible. If we could get something like that into a swing, let's do it. Neil, what do you think, bud? I've been Swiss Cyborg fan for many, many years. The speaking of multiple languages, just his build, his the strength that he has in the ring. Put it up against, like you said, Seth, a guy who will probably sell some moves for him. Easily, I think, could be match of the night. I really want him to win it. Yeah, I think that's I'm just gonna leave it simple and easy. Oh, that's I'm that's all it needs to be with this guy. Just keep it simple. That's what I've been saying for a while. Uh, you if you're if you're a fan of up, up, down, down, and if you're not, if you're a fan of gaming, I suggest you go watch up, up, down, down because up, up, down, down is some just fantastic stuff. They had up, up, down, down mania two today, which was like a whole bunch of nonsense. Uh, the Miz and AJ Styles played WWF No Mercy from the N64, Rock versus Stone Cold. And The Miz apparently has never played the game before. Are you kidding? It was incredible. It was incredible watch. AJ Styles is a phenomenal uh, Stone Cold impersonation. But uh, let's, let's uh, I'll, I can talk about that another time. Pull it back to Mania. Young John, what do you think about this match? I mean, we're talking riding buddies from a long time. If you ever saw the Stone Cold show, I want to say the TBS, uh, oh God, what is it called? Um, whatever. This Straight is, up Steve Austin. Straight up Steve Austin. Becky brings it up that Cesaro, Rollins, and her were ride along buddies. And I think we're going to see some really cool stuff. My biggest sad part for Cesaro, and I love his work ethic, we, we need a quicker, better finisher for him. We need something. And this may be his time where we can use something cool to really develop himself. I think he could be a very high-profile person, but they always hit him against another very strong person. He always gets cut. He always loses. And it's like, I'd like to see Cesaro get the victory and, and, and get a push. I mean, I think Rollins is great. Cesaro is great. So I, I think we're in for a ride. Well, I mean, early rumors are Cesaro is in for some in, in for some pushes and some title uh, some title opportunities over the summer because they are riding really high on him. Uh, again, back to kind of the up up down down side of things. When he's on there, he's very very natural and just kind of himself, and he's a much better talker. And I wonder how much of it is either trying to follow the script or just nerves when it comes to actually having to cut promos since. English not only is it, isn't his first language, it may not even exactly. be his second or third because the man knows like seven. And if you come on from your chances are he's learned like six of them before the age of three, before English became a thing. Yeah, I mean, so how many, you know, it's it's one of those, it's like how much is that really causing an issue for him? Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, hopefully he's in line for those pushes. I've, like I said, I'm a huge fan of the Swissman. I've been part of the Cesaro section for a long time. And yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I hope he takes it. Yeah, his his Europe that launched European uppercut is the closest thing I have to his finisher because the swing just leads into the sharpshooter occasionally yeah. as a pinfall or a uh, tap out. But yeah, to your point, I do think as well it, he could. Well, no, he's got the neutralizer too. I keep forgetting about the neutralizer. Well, I mean, he got the what was a Ricola bomb, but he needs he needs to switch up. He needs a clothesline from hell or something great. Just well, no, he does the he does the gotch. Um, not the gotch pile driver, obviously, but he does like a gotch like pedigree, basically. You need something faster. I mean, the, the quick the quick finishers is, is is when you know you're really over. If you could give someone a finisher in half a second, like an Orton, I mean that that was a gift for him. I mean, this was great. I mean, multiple lineage, so he needs it. 
you kind of you kind of you kind of just brought it up, but I think that's actually the spot now that I could be thinking of where you know Cesaro's going to be bent over for the stomp. He's going to push up. Seth is going to jump a mile into the air, and then he's going to get caught with one hell of an uppercut. We got. Yeah, I mean, if if that if that can be turned into a finisher, if he can change his uppercut a little bit, I mean, I think that that'll be the thing everyone will be doing on the playgrounds. <laughs> I hate to say that, but that's what he needs. I mean, stunners fast. Just set someone up for a a, a reverse pile driver inverted. It's like. It's it's too much. I mean, even Miz. I mean, he 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 gets people quick. Um, the stomp quick. You gotta have this fast finisher. Once you have a fast finisher, you're over. I mean, so I, let's hope Cesaro gets it. Neil, I was just gonna say to go off of that, and he's got the athleticism to really pull something off. While there's these moves that he can probably set up pretty quickly to to be an RKO for it to come out of nowhere, you need something that has that wow capability like holy, holy crap did you see that actually happen and play that on replay going in and out of commercial on a weekly basis you know yeah it kind of it kind of harkens back um way back in the day for the network they had breaking ground which was basically like a behind the scenes look at nxt and it was when the apollo cruz was really pushing like for a hard you know he was pushing hard to be a main event guy and triple h is like you need something bigger for a finisher and that's when he introduced like the whole pop into a power bomb thunder bomb thing and it was just like why wouldn't they do that for Cesaro too? Like, I know he's got a, obviously he's got a history, but like, you know, have that conversation with him, come up with something better. That's going to lead us to which, what I'm excited to say is going to be the main event of night one final match of the night Royal rumble uh, women's Royal rumble winner, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. One-on-one SmackDown's women's title match. Obviously they've just been going back and forth. Uh, I, I, I think it's a no brainer. Uh, if I may just jump in, it's a no-brainer. Bianca's going to take this as the women's as the women's uh, Royal Rumble winner, and then it's also um, from the spot of uh, uh, you know an African American woman, black woman, whatever the case may be, whatever you want to call it. But her, for her to have that shining Mania title opportunity and spot, because they haven't had that. Like Kofi wasn't a main event. Um, Lashley is open in the show. I just I just think it's a clean. It's a great spot. It's a great look. But these two will also put on a hell of a match. Bianca, in the last year and a half, her, her improvement or just adaptability to this industry has been absolutely insane. Young John, what are your thoughts? Uh, Bianca, get a haircut. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's kind of a shtick. Um, I see her winning. Five minutes. Sasha's talking Hall of Fame. She needs more title reigns. So I think she's going to drop to Bianca. Bianca's a, a hell of a person. Uh, what is it, the EST? I'm, I'm all for it. Like, she's a workhorse. Um, she's a little bit older. So I hope she gets it. But I, I think you got to get rid of that. I understand the hair's a style and everything, but I get rid of the hair a little bit, tone it down a little bit, make it something more manageable. And I think you can go pretty far. Um, I will tell you right now, the, the, per- the person who disagrees with you most, his name is Bill House, and he will just say, watch her shine, because I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I love her. I think there. Bianca's great. I mean, Sasha's my girl. Sasha's been my girl for a long time, so it's hard to say she's going to lose. Um, I, I, I would take Sasha almost any day um, of the week, so I'm a big fan. But I'm going to say Bianca's got it. Neil? I'm going Bianca. Uh, sh- I feel like almost out of nowhere – she popped up on my radar, and the moment she did, she was putting on match after match after match. Her presence in, uh, at the Rumble and what she did there, I thought, was fantastic and properly deserved. Um, even if this is a springboard to get some more programming between her and Sasha to get some work together and potentially build up to something else, it's great. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Uh, Bianca on this one. 
Okay. I mean, look, yeah, I, I think we're all in agreement for most of this card because this is the night where things are going to be uh, pretty cut and dry, I think, for the most part. Obviously, tomorrow night has a bunch of matches that I'll get into, hopefully, with Rob uh, in the next episode where we just kind of go over some of the, the higher matches or the, the more... Uh, what they consider better for the card but i will ask you guys so obviously mania is still a night of surprises i know of a couple that i've seen some hints that i've seen online do you guys have any in the like the last 30 seconds here do you guys have any picks for surprise returns or surprise moments or pop in backstage segment people anything like that uh neely go first because uh because she's my gal i'm hoping becky comes back in some capacity um, I don't know how or what angle she's going to be working into, but I well, like did you see her? In, did you see her Instagram? I have not. I've I've been staying off social media. For for those unaware, Becky on Instagram took a picture of herself at a CrossFit gym in Tampa Bay, Florida, and the uh, whatever caption she wrote, she took a took a beat after each line, and each line, if you read the first letter of each line, spells out night one. So that might actually be yeah. a very good call. Classy. The man's coming back. I would like to see. I would like to see Bailey to some degree. I would like to see her. I don't know. I I don't want to say she's going to spoil the main event, but like, for someone who's riding so high with the title, she dropped it to Sasha. Still kept that that role that role going. Ding dong, hello. Those shows she was doing, it was great, and she's just completely disappeared off SmackDown the last couple of weeks. So I'd like to see her there in some degree. I don't know where she, maybe she finds Peyton Royce and becomes a surprise entrant to the tag team turmoil match. But I'd like to see some more Bailey. I don't think there's any outside of Brock. I don't think there's anybody on the men's side that would really be truly like, I'd be super stoked for a surprise to see uh, come out. Young John, what about you? Uh, I mean, in terms of surprises, I know, I think we're going to say, so we had double hall of fame. They they ended up doing that again. I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see probably split hall of fame. um, Maybe. 2020, 2021 on different nights, kind of give each person their dues. So expect some. I'm a real American. Is my bet. Little Hulk Hogan action. I think they're well, he's, get... he's already he's not even a surprise. He's the host, man. Well, I, I think I, that's what I'm saying. I think we're gonna get some pops from Easy Cheese music there, which I love. I mean, I, I can't wait uh, to turn it up, watching my projector outside. Um, I was gonna say him and him and Apollo Cruz. Yeah, it, it, uh, isn't it Apollo Cruz? Yeah. No, Titus O'Neil. Titus, sorry. Titus. sorry. Yeah, Titus Apollo, Apollo's fighting Biggie on night two. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I got confused. Yeah, so Titus O'Neil. So we're going to get all that, which will be great. Uh, but yeah, I think some cheap pops in that regard. Uh, a lot of legends, I think, are going to be backstage. And uh, I'm excited, man. Let's get it going. Maybe we can get another graveyard match somehow. <laughs> well, I, that kind of lends itself to tomorrow's conversation when it comes to Bray and Randy Orton, because they already did that shtick. But I'll get into that a little bit more on the next episode. In the meantime, though, uh, I'm going to throw in the towel. We hit the time. We hit We hit the discussion. I'm so thankful that you guys were able to join me very last minute, yeah, no but super appreciated. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a great night tonight. We have, we've already had a great week of wrestling in general. I mean, uh, Monday, Monday was a great go-home show. Wednesday and Thursday for NXT, that was, again, a phenomenal card. NXT has yet to put on a shitty match at a takeover, let alone a shitty takeover altogether. And then even last night on SmackDown, so basically, SmackDown was the kickoff show for Mania this year. Jey Uso winning the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. It just makes sense. It's a good, it's a good win. Um, you know, it's just and then uh, the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode retaining the titles <laughs> there. I mean, I guess I, I'm ready for them to drop it. But that tag division's again, it's muddled. But so it makes sense. Like they're the only heel team. So until somebody else really turns and really turns, keep it on them. 
Uh, I think it was just they didn't have enough time on the card. I, it might have gone to the Mysterios, but they just didn't have any time to make that a WrestleMania moment. And they're not going to, you know, cheapen Ray to not be able to have that moment on the on the grandest stage of them all. But uh, I think at that point, uh, I want to thank once again my good friends Neil and Young John for joining me on this episode of the One Fall Podcast. Tomorrow, I will try to get an episode out again to highlight night two. And then during the week, I'm going to try and get some recap episodes out. Like I said, this is the busiest 14 days of wrestling I think I've ever seen in the history of wrestling, as long as I've been a fan since, you know, 1989. We're in the thick of it. So uh, thank you guys again. uh, And we will see you next time on the One Fall Podcast.